This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, hey, Hi everyone. What's going that was my best radio DJ intro. A little vocal fry there at the end. Sounded cool, right? Oh, always. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. Definitely one of your best. Yeah. Thanks for your enthusiasm, jerks. <laughs> Hi, you two people. Just here to please. <laughs> so here we are. We are. Uh, we're here. Right here. We're all here we because are. we're not all there. That's what I used to say. Uh, three uh, three weeks in a row. Three yeah. Weeks in a row. We're almost on like a set schedule now. This is I crazy. Know. I know. We're back in the saddle again. Um, it is also the night before inauguration day. Uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I'm at the time of recording. Right? time of recording yes i'm super excited because uh obviously i'm a woman and i'm going to witness a uh our first ever female vice president be sworn in woman of color um wow just can't tell you how excited i am it's it's uh it's pretty incredible to see this and i hope you know now i'll be able to say we had an african-american president we've had a female we will have a female vice president, so I hope we continue to see some equality and equity in our government. So uh, I am going to be getting up very early tomorrow, no matter how much I drink tonight, because I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> so 7 a.m., let's do this. Damn. Yeah. 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 The Our company actually postponed a company-wide meeting to, for a later date that was originally scheduled for tomorrow. So people Good. Could it should be it. a national holiday. Yeah. Like, sorry, but if there's any national holiday, would it not be the day that your new administration is sworn in? I agree with that. I mean, it's, you know, once every four or yeah. eight years or once every four years, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. even if you, even if you re up, you still Guaranteed. get inaugurated. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so, same with yeah. election day should be everything closed. Like you yeah. will survive without going, getting bread and milk from Seven Eleven. Like let everybody <laughs> have the damn day off and go vote. So, yeah, <laughs> my, I was, I was really proud this year. My company not only gave us the day off, but also encouraged us to, um, volunteer as poll workers and, you know, drive people, whatever we could do. So that was really awesome. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what else is going on? You guys, um, are what's uh vaccination schedules like in your States? Because in mine, it's slow. Uh, yeah, I think it's slow pretty much everywhere. There's some States though. So strangely, my sister lives in Northern Idaho and I'm right on the border and they were one of the states that was like, oh, the virus is fake, fake news. You know, fuck your masks. And they would try to vote in mask mandates in towns and cities. And it would get shut down. And there would be riots. It was so stupid. But guess what happens when the vaccine comes out? They're like lightning getting that shit injected. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it might have to do with uh, population density it in must. both cases. It I must. think the... Uh, amount of disbelief is proportional to how (laughs) lack of population density in a state let me put it that Uh, way Uh, probably because they're not seeing it spreading as fast as other ones like well i know in florida at least i can speak for Publix, which is a supermarket down here that their pharmacies are starting to administer them to frontline workers and Mm -hmm. people over the age of 65 Mm, are okay. eligible for them at Publix. So 
that's the yeah. that's the tier one or whatever they call it, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. So my sister is an administrator. <clears throat> she's just a secretary at the middle school. <clears throat> sorry, elementary school, and she's getting vaccinated. Restaurant workers have gotten vaccinated in Northern Idaho. I'm like, damn. So yeah, it's wow. really strange. Yeah, it's very. That's not the case in Washington State yet. That's well, sure. not Illinois either. So far, the only people I know who have gotten it are medical professionals. Yeah, yeah, it's the same in Washington. 65 and up, I think, can start getting it. So I am very anxious myself to get it. I cannot wait to be vaccinated um, so that we can return to normal life and I can no longer be a walking time bomb to anyone else and don't have to worry about my own health. So I am looking forward to it. Yep, me too. So uh, what's the topic for tonight, Ed? So tonight we are continuing on our Metallica-themed episodes. And tonight we are doing something a little different. We all watched the uh, video, I guess you could call it. It's not necessarily a documentary. It's more like a video record, True. I would say, uh, called Cliff em All which is basically Metallica's homage to their uh, deceased bass player, Cliff Burton. Um, the video encompasses a lot of their live performances that were recorded back in the day. Uh, quality isn't great, but it's sure is fun to watch. Um, a lot of like outtakes, uh, just little, you know, homemade video clips here and there of the band and, uh, especially Cliff, since it's uh, focusing on him and um, just kind of a, you know, a nice tribute to Cliff. And we will be discussing that tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. That was that was fun the other day when we were all watching it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> hey, Matt, any current news or uh, shit we should talk about? Oh, we have a plethora of different topics here yes and boy are they different yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is very true <laughs> the list looks amazing yes first i will this is i will make this as short succinct and uh, direct as possible so okay. this guy's name has been circulating his band's name has been circulating i will only say this once you guys can chime in if you want so iced earth Frontman John Schaefer. Fuck you. Yes. Oh, I know exactly why. I saw the story. Yeah, he's a piece I of shit. And he's Period. A, the end. Go been ahead. arrested. He can go fuck himself. And let's hope the last. This is the last we hear of that traitorous piece of garbage. Fuck him. Good job, Matt. All right, and better news. The great Dolly Parton today has a birthday. Yeah. yeah. 75 years young. Man. God bless her. An American treasure for sure. Mm -hmm. So on that note, give me give me just a secundo here. Just cause cause I gotta do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is a jam. And I stumbled to the kitchen for myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Best karaoke song. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Barely getting by. It's all taking and no giving. They just use your mind. Oh, yes, that brings back some memories. The best. I, I dare you to not smile and not bounce along, at least, to that song when you hear it. Makes me happy. I thought we could use a little, little bit of happiness. Agreed. So happy birthday, Dolly. As you can see, I have my Dolly portrait behind me. She is the bomb diggity. By the way, did you know that she is not the producer, but her production company was one of the producers of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I just found that out this week, and I was like, of course, because Dolly is literally fucking magic. 
She's a magical unicorn. Her and Betty White, another national treasure. Yes. yes. Just, yeah, just Betty White. 99 years old. 99. 99. Yeah. And she still can curse with the best of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, great segue, Sailor, speaking of Buffy. <laughs> um Although this woman to me is not the true Buffy, um, but Sarah Michelle Geller honors Buffy. The, she's what? The Buffy. She is the true Buffy. What are you talking about? It's Christy Swanson was the first, the first Buffy. Buffy. She's the she true was. Buffy. No, I didn't say she was the first Buffy. I'm saying she's the true Buffy. No, she's not. Christy yes, Swanson is. is the true Buffy. No, yes, no, she, she sucks. Don't don't. She sucks. Come mm -hmm. on. <laughs> Great movie, by the mm, way. Mm, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the show. Big super fan. Nah. I've seen the show, haven't seen the movie. The movie's like, I mean, it was, it was, it was a great movie, but you can't compare the two. I don't think at all. I don't know. You can. The movie's better. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, I knew this was gonna happen. So anyway. I knew this was gonna happen as soon as I saw this. Another battle uh, in the making. Here we go. <laughs> so Sarah Michelle Geller's Buffy, or I should say Sarah Michelle Geller, who is 43 herself, uh, honored her character, Buffy, who turned 40 on Tuesday, uh, posting a photo to Instagram, a little throwback photo. Um, I feel like it, I feel like she's only 43. Like, doesn't it seem yeah. like she's been around for so long? Like I was shocked to see that she was only forty three. I'm surprised she's forty three. She was so much younger than. Well, I guess I thought she was so much younger than me, but she, she's really not that much younger. And I feel like her and all of the her contemporaries, like I'm expecting them to be older for some reason. I don't know, but you know they're in their forties and and uh, early forties. <laughs> yep. We've got yep. another piece of news too. What's that? Oh yeah, about one of uh, MRW's favorite uh, male topics. Oh yeah, so yeah, friend of the show, friend of the, the show, way. yes, uh, Mister uh, our certified nutcase, Mister Dave Mustaine. Um, <laughs> uh, another reason to consider him crazy. He is now a purple belt in jujitsu. Wow. <laughs> By the way, coming off of cancer, don't forget. Correct. So, yes. Is, oh, man. He's that in news his 50s. got swallowed up. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. did. So he's in his yeah. 50s. He's recovered from cancer and he got his purple purple belt purple so, in jujitsu. Fuck yeah, so man. First, he tried to outdo Metallica. Now he's going after Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would be an interesting fight right there. That would be a great battle yeah. royale. Man. Next next article is going to be Dave Mustaine going for his if pilot, he signs pilot's up license. Flight pilot's license. Yeah. Yeah. But he'd also have to be a chemical flight engineer, yeah. a distiller, yeah. a brewer. Yeah, what else is he? He's something else, That's too. a lot to do. A commercial his pilot. Age. Yes. Yeah, that's I should, a whole I other animal. I'll backtrack on what I just said. He's not a nutcase anymore. He's actually been a lot more tame the last yeah, 20 years or so. Yeah. True. So, um, you know. Uh, yeah. Dave Mustaine in 1983 being a purple belt in jujitsu. No, thanks. Maybe a little dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. As we saw a little bit of that in the documentary we watched, but um, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into uh, tonight's subject, I just, so I came across this. I don't know even where I came across this. So um, we now have charts for streamed music and um the most streamed hard rock or metal by total songs uh, from January 8th to January 14th are like this. I just snapped the first 15. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is what a weird ass <laughs> mix of shit people are streaming no in this kidding. category. Like this is weird. All right. So number one is queen. So hold on. Can I, okay. let's clarify one thing. Sure. So they're lumping all genres into just the streamed hard rock and metal. This is hard rock oh, and this metal. Is hard rock and what metal. They okay. consider hard rock and metal. All right, gotcha. Which they're fucking wrong, but okay. 
<laughs> we'll get to that. It's like 13, 13 That's of another There's so many in here that are not hard rock. So anyway. Okay, but this listen how fucking weird this is. So number one, Queen. Number two, ACDC. Number three, Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Okay. Uh, number four, Lincoln Park. Number five, Metallica. Number six, Led Zeppelin. Number seven, I'm not saying their fucking names. <laughs> not saying these bastards' names. Those uh, Pepper guys that are kind uh, of warm. Um, the next one is Five Finger Death Punch. Um, then Nirvana, Fallout Boy, Green Day. Three days of grace. What the fuck? Five three days of grace. Just three days, grace. three days of grace. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> What's the difference? Five seconds of summer. So it's like three days of summer, three days of grace, whatever. <laughs> then shine down. Then blink 182. Yo, crazy motherfuckers. 10 fucking million people listening to fucking blink 182 in a week. Get the fuck out of here. It's all math's generation. How are they rock? That's not, they're not rock. Yeah. Nor they're, is that five seconds. They're, of they're like, they're punk pop, right? They're pop, pop, yeah, punk it's pop music, popular music. There's no rock. There's no punk to it. They're just pop. Period. Pop, period. Huh. So I just wanted to bring up how fucking weird. I mean, I don't know if people are like having a nervous breakdown that week and they're like, you know, I need to listen to my shitty comfort music from my <laughs> my era like maybe that's what's happening because <laughs> it's such yeah. a bizarre list those are all very popular bands whether or not you like them well all... some of them are garbage so <laughs> that's what i wanted to say <laughs> the only hard rock metal band on there is metallica the only metal band on there the is only metal band yeah, yeah. yes oh, acdc is hard ACDC? Rock. Yeah. yeah that's hard rock that's not metal that's hard yeah. True. Yeah, no, What's there's nobody else yeah. that's metal on there, so get the fuck out of here with your metal shit. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking weird. Um, okay, also, last thing I just want to say, uh, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, um, and, uh, you know, as of when we were recording, and uh, I, I have to say that it felt a little different this year, and... Um, I was observing how a lot of people were, what language they were using and their sentiment. And I have to say that, you know, from the community that I kind of go in and out of all over social media, I was surprised to see people kind of taking, um, taking responsibility for, you know, posting memes every MLK day and not really living up to what, Martin Luther King Jr. stood for and that movement. So um, I listened to his, you know, I have a dream. I listen to it every year and it was very poignant this year. Um, so if you had the day off, uh, black lives should matter to you. If you didn't have the day off, black lives should matter to you. If you've ever quoted Martin Luther King Jr., black lives should matter. So that's where I'm going to leave that. On to the show, Matthew. Let's do it. Should we listen to a song first? Let's listen to a song. Yeah. What do you want to listen to? Oh, whatever you want. Are you taking requests? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Depends on if nine, I like it or not. Nine to five again? Maybe? No. Want <laughs> <laughs> to listen to some more nine to five? Let's do it. She rocks. There we go. I love the story. Oh, uh, yeah. Twice. Uh, I love the story that the sound of the typewriters is actually her nails. That is was the best thing I've ever heard. It's phenomenal. I love her so much. All right. On to what we're drinking. Yes. So I was tasked with the unbelievable task of coming up with the whiskey segment for this episode. Um, so I'm going to go last. 
but uh, this is where we go around the horn and we talk about what we have in our glass. <laughs> so, Sailor, do you want to go first? Ed? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. So, uh, we all decided that tonight after... So, okay, let me back up. So, last Sunday, we were all in our respective homes and uh, we knew we, we had to watch Cliff and Wall again to get ready for the show. And it just so happened that we were all watching it at the same time and we were texting each other. And uh, Ed was drinking a beer and I was drinking a beer. And then I'm looking at the guys um, throughout the entire movie and they're, it's just beers everywhere. So I was like, all right, we got to drink beers on the show. So that's what we did. So there will be probably a lot of burping. So pardon. I'm drinking a good old Coors Light. This is what I call, if you follow me on Instagram, you know this is my diet beer. So, uh, yep, that's, I'm drinking that. But I'm also drinking so that I can kind of simulate a beer and a shot. I'm drinking the uh, Peated Westland American Single. Oh, yes. And it Ooh. is killer. Uh, as a matter of fact, this coming Saturday, I'm hosting a virtual event with Westland. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be tasting four of their expressions and doing some cocktails. And one of the cocktails is Dolly inspired because it's all, all about right. that week. Um, so this is probably one of the best products to showcase the category of American single malts. Um, I think we've talked about them before on the show. Just blown away, blown away by the quality, by um, just everything they do from top to bottom. Um, it's a lot to go into because it's they're they're a really big story actually for a small distillery, but just a phenomenal whiskey. The peat is so gentle and soft, which is the only reason I'm drinking it. Um, I have been able to open my palate for a couple of years now to very soft. Um, lightly peated whiskeys like um, Highland Park I'm obsessed with um, the Balvenie Peat Week when I can afford it um, and then this peated Westland it's I don't I didn't quite even pick it up at the time but then as you get into it you realize that's what you're tasting and it's just really really phenomenal so big fan um, and since it was like my, it's like my hometown local, I just thought that was appropriate right now to be drinking it. So All right. Like, and I will be attending that. You will. Tasting. So, so I am excited and looking forward to that one. You get to drink a dolly. Boom. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, like Sailor said, we had the idea of drinking the beers because they pretty much all had your nothing fancy, just your standard you know, grab a, grab a case beers in there. So I have Paps Blue Ribbon PBR here nice representing. Yeah. And um, I also am sidecarring with a little bit of a, a bump to go along with my beer. I have a little bit of my uh, shot glass I'm sipping on a little bit of uh, 1792 foolproof. Nice. Go along with that. That nice. is currently one of my favorites uh, bottles in my collection. Very nice very and nice. very nicely priced too. I couldn't believe I only paid like thirty eight bucks what? for that bottle. Good You're price, man! Amazing, yeah, really good. You get yeah. that a lot where you're like in some weird sweet spot where you live. The prices yeah. that you talk it's about fifty bucks here. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think I picked this up. It was actually in Wisconsin that I bought yeah. this bottle. Too, I believe. Oh no, I take that back. It was in Missouri. Okay, well, is um, yeah, Missouri is cheap. Go to Missouri. You can get a handle of Evan Williams White Label there for like twenty five bucks. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, I'm psyched when I I'm gonna be driving across the country soon, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stopping pricing <laughs> <laughs> things out. Cross country shopping. Exactly. Like instead of the cat in the back. Sorry, yeah, move over. If you swing through St. Louis on your way here, uh, stop at the Total Wine in Chesterfield. It's right out. It's on the uh, west side of St. Louis, and you will find some amazing things at really good prices. I'll have to do that. Awesome. Hmm. So, Matt, Matt, 
that you have <laughs> the whiskey segment. Yes, I do. And the whiskey in the segment, I'm not drinking it, but I'm drinking two other things that I want to talk about first. Okay. The, between the three items, they could not be any more different. So this is going to be really interesting. <laughs> awesome. So my beer, as we were all drinking our old school beer, I have the, I went imported. So I have the Foster's gigantic 25 ounce oil can that I'm drinking from right now. <laughs> <laughs> a little awesome. overkill, a little overkill, but it was cheap yeah. and it fit. So those right. cans are very cartoonish looking. I mean, they they're are. so huge. They are. <laughs> like, yeah. They just make my hand look very small. It's like, that's not a bear. That's a bear. <laughs> Foster's. All right. So in my glass, what I'm drinking and I never do this. I am usually, but this is a metal rock and whiskey first. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Oh boy. Yes. I am true to the title of the show, <laughs> but I made a promise to somebody that I would drink this tonight because they gifted this to me out of the goodness of their heart. So I'm drinking okay. tequila. What? Yes. What? But what? not just, not, not just any tequila though. So this is about a $300 bottle retail. Whoa. Mm. Yeah, so they were gave me a little sample of this. It's called Tears of Yorona. It's pretty new to the market. It's a five-year extra in Yeho. Um, and just to give you some background on the name, uh, so the tequila maker uh, was inspired by this old Mexican legend uh, of La Yorona, which was a supposedly in legend was a a um, like a a, a woman from like the 1500s who fell in love with a conquistador. The conquistador two-timed her, or I guess got back on a ship to leave. And uh, she was so distraught over this that she drowned her children and then killed herself. Oh God. So yes, a positive story, you know? Um, So that's where the name of this comes from. Um, And as I had told you off, you guys off the air, I've been drinking way more tequila than I ever thought I would just because (laughs) the tequila market down here in South Florida is growing exponentially seemingly by the day. So I'm, you know, being in a consumption business, I have to consume uh, to sell this stuff. So um, Mm. this is by far one of the best tequilas I've ever tasted in my life. Definitely top three. It's basically what there's some reading about it right now. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah. So it's, Asian in three different casks, which is pretty rare for tequila. It's I think 50% of the batch is in scotch. The other two quarters are sherry and cognac, I want to say. Um, so it gives it layers of depth, but it is just so delicious. Um, natural sweetness, not the artificial stuff you get with some of these newer brands now. Um, yeah. It's just really, really good. And um, they you know, do a copper pot, you. copper pot yeah. stills, and they're saying that it Tastes more like a cognac than a tequila or finishes that way. At least it does have, it does have layers of that profile. Definitely. When you get what you get with cognac, some, some fruitiness, some spice in there too. Um, But really nice. And thank you to Michael. Hopefully he's listening. So, um, so that is what I'm drinking now for my whiskey segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Beer, tequila, and now whiskey. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, man, what a daunting task to try to parry whiskey with the great legendary Cliff Burton. So I really thought about it. I thought about it. And what do we love Cliff Burton for? Not just the aesthetic, not just his talent playing the bass, but what he brought to the band that we all love or in the case of sailor loved um what did he bring he brought a different dimension he brought new elements he brought education he brought uh, maturity to a degree so i tried to figure out maybe there's a person in the whiskey industry that that was such a person and the first name that came to mind unfortunately he died way too young as well was dave pickerel mm. so I linked it to Dave and it hit me like he had a huge hand. It was pretty much um, a major, the major player in creating one of the 
my favorite whiskeys of all time, which is Hill Rock Rye. So Hill Rock Rye, specifically the Sauterne finish Hill Rock Rye is my whiskey segment, is my whiskey pairing tonight. Um, and I pulled this little snippet from Hill Rock's website, um, which was penned right after Dave passed away. Um, and it says, um, an industry icon, Dave directed Hillrock's operations as master distiller for nearly a decade before passing in 2018. He trained the distillery team and created all of Hillrock's mash bills and protocols, setting the highest standards for quality, integrity, and innovation. Dave was respected worldwide as one of the top master distillers and spirits experts in the industry. I mean, that says it all right there. I mean, an educator, um, a real student of the game someone that could come in with all of the best knowledge and all of the talent to create, to make something that's great, the greatest. And I thought that the, the link there between Cliff Burton and him and what Dave did for Hill Rock and what Cliff Burton did for Metallica was a perfect fit. So Hill Rock Rye is my whiskey pairing for tonight. I like it. And I get awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yummy. 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 Yeah. Empire Rye. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, on that Cheers. note. Cheers. One of my favorite Metallica covers. Man, that's awesome. So not mine, but Snow Cave Song <laughs> just felt like it was appropriate for the moment. <laughs> it's one of their better, newer songs. For sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I also did know that Ed loves it, so he mentioned that. Um, all right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the um, the movie we watched documentary whatever you want to call it um and then we'll talk a little bit about cliff himself um i was struck by so as you mentioned ed the the quality of this film it's by the way the whole thing is on youtube you can watch the whole thing mm -hmm. um, in its entirety uh the quality is terrible in many places of the <laughs> visually and sound quality, which of course, you know, I mean, that's to be expected and there's not a lot you can do about it. But even though the quality is kind of shitty sometimes, man, do they, that just re reminded me of how amazing they were live. Just their sound was so incredible. I miss James voice. Um, the energy and they just, their showmanship. It was as I'm watching it, uh, it's just I'm remembering all the reasons I fell in love with that band. And Robin sitting with me, and he had not seen it before, and he kept going, "My God, look at these guys! Oh my God, this is awesome! This is like..." Look. And I'm like, "I know, right? This is why it was heartbreaking for some of us when Metallica ceased to be classic Metallica." Yeah, you know, and yeah, watching that made me envious of every single person who got to see them live during that era. Yeah, I mean, no one was doing what they were doing at that time. There was nobody. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, Slayer, okay, but no, I mean, other than like, that, it's no, like, not, not like even, that. not even not that. Like that. Oh, no, exactly. And yeah. that's and like, and I've tried to make this point so many times on the show, and I should have had us all watch this damn movie first because it. The, the point is that you have you. It's hard to remember until you're watching it. You know, I'm there as a 13, 14 year old girl, and I, there's, I've never seen anything like that. Not like that. Not with that energy. Not with um, the enthusiasm of the crowd and that sound. And uh, my God, just incredible. I was trying to remember the first time I saw them, and I can't really remember. Um, but it was with Cliff. I was I was young, but it was I I definitely saw them at Master Puppets, and it's probably my first. It's probably when I first saw them, but. Um, 
doesn't give, you know, it just renewed my appreciation for them. And also <laughs> I was telling Robin as I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, they're just babies. Look at, look at how tiny babies they are. And I <laughs> thought they were like grown men when I, <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, sure. four yeah. years old well, when you're uh, babies. <laughs> 14 yeah. year old looking at you know a 22 or 23 year old yeah. and yeah it's gonna be <laughs> they're like grown adults like those are man and i'm looking at them now i'm like oh they're just little babies i just want to hold them and we're you know we're just like oh look at their hair they're just little guys I wanna just tussle them. their hair yeah and just you know tell them to eat their food and go to bed early <laughs> i mean think about being 24 and opening for ozzy Fuck. like on a on a major tour and not only opening for Ozzy, but on a lot of nights, being the better act. Yes. Like, that's nuts. Nuts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what amazed yeah. me was, I don't know how you can play when your head's constantly <laughs> thrashing up and down like Cliff Burton. Man, I think Cliff Burton, I mean, you, I think he may stop every once in a while to change positions or something, but mostly his head's always going. Yeah. That big mop of hair is always flying. <laughs> Even and, and James too. Yeah. James is when he's not singing, yeah. he's pretty much yeah. going along with him yeah. too. Kurt, not so much, but uh, yeah, those two are just, well, it's, depend it's dependent. And I mean, that was the other thing that I brought up to Robin. I remember being like, this is one of the things like when they would all be banging their heads in perfect timing, all of them. You know, and just the ferocity of the music was just like, whoa, look at this. You know, it was so insane. And the, the, just the, you, you can tell the enthusiasm of the crowd and what a time, what a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also there, you know, every, each one of them, it, it's funny. They all have their distinct style too. You got uh, Cliff with his bell bottom jeans <laughs> there Jane's with his torn up jeans, and then you got Kurt, uh, who was like ahead of his time with his uh, black skinny jeans yeah. up there. And Kirk's always in all black but yeah. white shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you notice though that the, the one of the things that made me crack up because I've been on the road with bands so many times on tours, I could tell they were all sharing the same Misfits t shirt. <laughs> Yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> it's not that they yeah. all had that shirt. Trust me. They were all always wearing a misfit shirt. Yeah, they were yeah. all sharing it. Someone always had that damn shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and then also like James didn't have a shirt on for half of the footage as well. Yeah. You know, it's such a skinny but, And it's, it's funny to see him tattoo free as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not beefy. He's beefy now. You know, yeah. he's a big guy. The dad but, um, now. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I, I kind of gleaned from that is that seeing Cliff, the way he struck, he played his bass, his Rickenbacker bass reminded me a lot of uh, Lemmy Kilmeister. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't sure. know if he's ever said, I think, you know, they've all said that, you know, Motorhead is one of their influences. Oh, yeah. But they it said, seems um, to me like uh, Lemmy was probably a pretty heavy influence on Cliff Burton and his oh, playing I would, style. I would think so, for sure. I would yeah, guess. Especially the way he tunes his bass and everything. I, I, and, I and they were completely different. Lars, out of sight, out of mind, for the most part, back there. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, you know, whereas now, the drum kit up, up yeah, on the pedestal. Can't even see his face, can't see anything. You know, just it's true. The drums were up here and his head's down here. And uh, it's not like today. If you go see them, and even the last fifteen years, you know he's coming out from behind the kit every freaking song. You know, yeah. talking to the crowd and stuff. So, yep, yeah, very much more demure back then. You know, mm -hmm. it was pretty awesome to see footage of uh, Dave playing with them too. That was that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, they did feature one of his songs. On yeah, oh, man. as much yeah, as yeah. I love Kirk, as much as I love Kirk and what he brought to the band. There's something about the way Dave plays that fit them so well. Yes. And he carried it over to Megadeth. There's just that mm -hmm. that ferocity you talked about. Yep. Dave Mustaine has more of it than Kirk Hammett oh, will ever totally. have. Totally. Yes. Totally. I mean, Kirk is Kirk is really refined, you know. That's and 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 that was important to their sound too. But um I would like to I would have I would have loved to see all four of them. You know, I would have liked that's what I would I would have that would have been awesome. Absolutely. Together. Agreed. A fucking wall of sound. Um, so 
<clears throat> let's let's talk a little bit about Cliff's life and um, his skills, and we're gonna play some clips of his solos. That that was the other thing, man. God, his solos. I there. Oh, yeah. You guys know how I feel about solos. Not a fan. Most of the time, not a fan. I think that's why the late, very, very great Eddie Van Halen got lower marks for me when we did our ultimate bands was the, the, the jacking off on stage, the constant noodling, like things like that. It's just, it's like, all right, all right, all right. I get it. You're really good at what you do. Like, I get it. Um, I, God, I did not feel that way about Cliff and who the fuck wants to go see just a bass player, like fucking rock out, you know, but it's, I mean, obviously we have Buckethead now and Robin made that perfect correlation, but you know, I could, I was, we were, I was like, I could watch hours of this, of just him rocking the fuck out on his bass solos. Cause it sounds like no other bass solo, you know, I've ever heard. So, um, yeah, we'll play a bunch of those. Um, just, I look back into things that I, you know, trying to find out information I didn't already know about him. Um, <clears throat> there's, I found a new interview with the guys talking about him and I, I, couldn't keep watching it because Kirk kept crying, like breaking down, and you could tell James was having a hard time, and he was just laughing through it. And I was like, "Yeah, let's 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 leave that alone." Um, but let's go back to the beginning. So Cliff was born in 1962 in Castro Valley, California, and his first instrument was a piano. He started lessons at age six. His older brother was a musician. They were a musical family, um, but he didn't pick up the bass until late '75. Sadly, his older brother passed away, um, which is just, oh God, so sad for the family. Jesus. Mm. Um, his parents said Cliff would put it in up to six hours of practice every day, and that did not stop after he joined Metallica. Um, his former music instructor um, said he would study Baroque pieces as well as different time signatures at a very young age and learned very quickly. And, of course, this would go on later to define his unique sound. I had no idea his older brother died young, too. That's crazy. Very young. I know. What a terrible father is like one of the happiest guys. If you've ever heard, seen him or heard interviews and the guys talk about him, just this happy, kind of happy guy. Just how, oh, God, it's so terrible. Both very young. Jesus. So sad. Yeah. yeah. I feel for them for sure. Eduardo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, Cliff was actually with another band before he was with Metallica. Um, his first band was called Easy Street, named after a strip bar in the Bay Area. And um, here's a fun fact. Um, bandmates Mike Borden and Jim Martin uh, later played together in a band called Faith No More. Ever heard of them? Mm -hmm. Oh, just a little band. little band. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the, anyway, their second band, Agents of Misfortune, entered the uh, Hayward Area Recreation Department's Battle of the Bands contest in 1981. And um, I guess there's a uh, this great clip on YouTube of this performance, which would uh, capture some of the earliest footage of Burton's unique playing style. I will definitely have to check that out. That was before um, he was in college, even. Or oh, right wow. when he got to college. So he's, yeah, he's super young. Yeah. So he joined the band Trauma in 1982, and um, I guess they had some notoriety at the time. They had a, a pretty decent following. Uh, Cliff was playing with his band at the Whiskey O'Go-Go, which we've heard about many, many other times in this show. And, um, and that's where Lars and James discovered him, saw him playing there. Yeah. Yep. They talk about that night a lot. <laughs> Yeah. I would too if I was there. They do, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like you said, the rest is history. But at the beginning, Cliff did only agree to join the band if the guys would move up to the Bay Area. And I mean, I mean, who fucking wouldn't move up? You know, if, if know someone that talented time to and from shitty LA, yeah. you know, you got this guy who you're, in, yeah. you know, you're drooling over. Yeah, well, yeah, no problem, no yeah. problem, Cliff. No problem at all. Um, Just think about it, though. He's one guy, and he's like, you know, yeah, you guys all have to move up here for me. <laughs> That's so funny. But they saw it right away. 
they I mean, did. I got to give them credit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're all, so, they've right away. always been smart business. I mean, come on. Always, James yeah. and Lars are incredibly smart business people. They are very, I think their, their decision making when it comes to their music and their band has always been just spot on. You know, they're they're very good at exactly. recruiting. Say what yeah. you want about them musically, but you cannot yeah. knock their acumen for the business. You Definitely cannot. Not. Um, so a uh, very famous quote from a music journalist at the time um, after Cliff joined Metallica. Quote, Cliff was the band's secret weapon, and despite only having three years in Metallica, he set the tone for the rest of the band to go on and become the biggest heavy metal outfit on the planet. Boom. Great quote. And very true. Yes. Um, we always talk here about, you know, the incredible, unique style that Cliff had. Um, you know, to dig a little deeper on that, uh, Cliff, he cleverly integrated techniques often reserved for electric guitar. I mean, you could hear it, you could see it, including bends, hammer-ons, tapping, in a way that inspired a whole new generation of players to further explore the sonic potential of that instrument. Uh, he married classic harmonic development with testosterone-soaked improv improvisation. It's say what you want. There are majorly huge balls behind his playing. Fuck you yeah. Huge balls behind yes. his playing. And confidence um, at such a young age, right? Confidence, and balls, everything. Mm -hmm. uh, he showcased a mature sense of musicality. So moving away from that, you know, testosterone-soaked improvisation, he had the foundation uh, musically to play that way yes. um, while headbanging, running around the stage, exhibiting the commanding presence of the rock God that he was no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so let, let's talk about for whom the bell tolls for a minute and I won't belabor the technical stuff. You know, uh, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, I have to, you know, understand those things, but how do I think it just helps to be able to articulate, you know, the reason why his style is so unique and his sound is so unique. Um, so definitely for whom the bell tolls, one of the most iconic riffs in metal period. And Cliff begins the song in the highest register of his instrument and then jumps down to the lowest register, playing a chromatic line from flat third to the root, which is just at the time people will be like, what, well, we're like, what the fuck? Wow, did you hear that? That was amazing. Um, and then in Master of Puppets, by the time they get to that album, Cliff is, you know, it's lead bass on a number of tracks instead of lead guitar. And, uh, you know, that really, that's that's Metallica's commercial breakthrough right there with his sound. Um, Damage Inc. is a great example of that from Master of Puppets. It's um, to, to just his technique is all his... His influence is all over this album, um, featuring mo multiple bass tracks with volume swells and effects. And um, so with Damage Inc., so Kirk in an interview said, Cliff said the intro is actually based on a Bach piece called Come Sweet Death. Now, I went and listened to it. I'm not a huge, but he was a huge Bach fan. I'm more of a Beethoven camp than Bach. Um, Bach was always kind of a little depressing. Beethoven to me is... Beethoven was like the metal of classical music in my opinion so I was always like much more into him so I listened to this Bach piece and I didn't get it at first and then I listened to Damage Inc and then I listened to Bach again and I, st I started to get the correlation and it's really the best way to describe it I guess is the um, ups and downs the rolling hills but the way to execute the rolling hills with it still being a cohesive sound was really absolutely incredible. Um, so I have some clips for us. Uh, let's see. Let's listen to. Uh, let's listen to this clip. Can you guys hear that? Yep. Yep. So the sounds a little crappy, but it's live. So forgive. Thank <laughs> you. 
You know, I never awesome. really realized that was until recently that was actually Cliff playing the bass on that <laughs> That's opening. What I That's mean. crazy. Isn't that that is so crazy. Um, it's all, so nuts. Yeah. yeah. Of all the great clips in this documentary, the For Whom the Bell Tolls performance from the Day on the Green in 1985 yep. Yep. is the one that That's I will forever show. Yeah, that which is that one. Uh, which is, is the one that I will forever show people who want to see the quintessential example of him playing bass. Yes. I mean, there's no better video of him playing bass than that video. Um, yep. It's the best Agreed. quality. It's the best sound. And, you know, for those who don't, they know Metallica now or post 1991 or whatever, watch this video and you can see the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. The other one that was really mind blowing that came from, the uh, documentary. I'm going to play it first and see if you guys remember at this point in the documentary. I ready to do it, Cliff. This is Cliff Burton. All right. <laughs> <sighs> I wish I could keep playing it. I hate so that cool. we have a time constraint or we get in trouble so cool. and arrested or something yeah. happens to us. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, a listening to it and then watching him do it, it's just like that's a bass player man like fuck you know just yeah, it's just incredible just amazing it's yeah. the, that's definitely was one of my favorites and you can see the joy like he's in the zone but he's all, you can see the joy when you get when you get to see his face when he comes up from it like, <laughs> you can see it though that he's really getting joy from it and that's really amazing to watch as well I don't think you could make music like that if you didn't love it as much as he did. That's a good point. Probably not. Yeah. Probably well not. Said. Yeah. And it, so anyway, in more recent news, um, starting with April 4th, 19, I'm sorry, April 4th, 2009, uh, Cliff was posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with fellow Metallica bandmates, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, and Kirk Hammett. Um, and in 2018, this is so cool. I remember when, when this happened, yep, the yep. Alameda County board of supervisors in the state of California issued a proclamation declaring February 10th, 2018 as cliff Burton day. And, uh, cliff would have turned 56 on this day. Super cool. That's coming up. It's right around the corner, and we celebrate it every year here on Metal Rock and Whiskey. We covered it when we heard the news. Yep. We signed the petition. We shared yep. the petition. I don't even think a petition was needed, honestly. I'm sure they were going to do it anyway. It was really cool that his music teacher was there along with his father um, for that. Just super, super awesome. Um, before, before we continue, I just want to play one more clip. Um, this is also from um, A Day at the Green, 
God, this is another so good. I know. Oh. I mean, James again, so good. It, yeah. it, oh God, I know. Yeah. Um, it, it's a shitty, you know, it's a shitty recording of it, but you can tell that it's a wall of sound. And that was such a new thing back then. That was such just the sound that they were able to create. And again, just, you know, yeah, it just, gosh, everything. It's hard to articulate, to be honest. It really, I don't know. I, I kind of just found this, you know, this little place in me. I haven't really gone back to them that deep in such a long time. And I think seeing them on video helped a lot to remind mm -hmm. me of everything that I felt about that band and what that was sort of remembering what that experience was like to be a kid and hear that for the first time when it was very new was just really, really incredible. And um, the other thing I want to say is we, so I gave them a lot of shit and we're going to talk about, uh, well, I give them a lot of shit all the time and justice for all um, next. And um, just watching this again and thinking about this again, reminding myself of, of how young they were to have the experience of losing Cliff, I think um, I definitely didn't, I didn't give that enough uh, respect that I probably should have, but what an impact that made um, on them moving forward, you know, especially at that age. So mm -hmm. I'm going to look at, this is the, this is the promise I made to myself. I'm going to look at injustice for all, in a new way. I'm going to go back to it new with a different perspective and um, not think about where I was. I personally, what I was a kid still, I was in a, was probably one of the worst years of my childhood, my teenage years. I can, I remember, I know exactly where I was the first time I heard it, what was happening. And so that definitely clouds your, your memories and your feelings on music because music is so emotional, you know? So um, we can go back to it with fresh eyes and, and just trying to factor in, you know, what a, what a spot to be in at that point. I mean, the, the, the whole missing base is, <laughs> is unforgivable in my opinion, but you know, we'll talk about that, but I'm really glad we did this. I'm really got, glad that we took the time to, um, to watch this. It was super fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, it made me nostalgic for the eighties and metal shows. And when things were just, when it was still underground and, you know, not known and not polished, I missed that. You know, it seemed like it was definitely simpler times. That's for oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, no so giant yeah. wall video walls or anything. No, no, no. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Like the, you dudes better entertain me because that's all you got. That's all it's yeah, on stage. Yep. Yeah. No crazy lighting, no pyro, nope. none of that nope. stuff. Bunch yeah. of long haired, dirty dudes just make good music and keep me entertained. And they yep. did that in spades, in spades. So mm -hmm. it was, it was really, really awesome to watch it again. It really was. And um, to see them, uh, some of the little clips of the interviews and hear them talking, <laughs> they were such dorks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dorks. <laughs> very cute um it was adorable you know because they're little guys back then so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm really really glad we did this um you know we That's all funny. felt cliff deserved a bigger place in our deep dive into metallica the first time and we didn't really pull that together so um you know i'm glad we did it this time and we went back to it it's been it's been a really good journey to go back to this again i don't know if you guys feel the same way I do. I mean, yep. I've, I've seen I've seen this a thousand times, but uh, it's the first time in a few years I've seen it. And what strikes me the most uh, is just the dichotomy of where they were versus what they became later on and not taking anything away from Jason Newstead or Robert Trujillo. They brought their own thing to the band. They put their own okay. stamp on this band, but you can build the house as big and as high as you want. But if it doesn't have a strong foundation, it's going to crumble down. So the foundation that this man built will echo forever. Doesn't matter how many different bass players they have. So it's a great point. Yeah. I have also watched it thousands of times and I'll tell you guys a funny story before we wrap it up that I told Robin while we were watching it. I once broke up with a guy over this movie. This, this, it was a video back then. Um, 
so I had this boyfriend at the time who was like the hot metal guy who turned out to be boring <laughs> as shit. Oh, that and guy. He's so boring. <laughs> so when we, so I just, all he ever wanted to, at first it was like, oh, we go down in his mom's basement and, you know, eat pizza, smoke pot and watch Cliff them all. Okay, cool. And make out, you know, okay, cool. Like, sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking time you hang out, and no, no, that's it. That's all you ever do for months. That is not. Trust me. After a while, was, yeah, he needs to play a different card. Yeah, yeah come on, come on, <laughs> mix it up a little bit. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Watch it upstairs. I don't know. You know, like I, I don't know. And this is the thing. This guy had a cool car. It's one of. It's probably the only reason I wanted to date him is he had a really cool car. He had a Trans Am before I had a Trans Am. And uh, I was like, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Like, I have gas money. Let's go drive around in your car. And like, you know, that was what you did. You like cruised. And you would like Metallica in the car. Yes. I was like, yeah, we'll listen to Metallica. And, you know, let's go cruise. And we'll go, you know, like see this person and whatever. And let's 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 watch Cliff them all again. And I was like, oh. Well, you've talked about this guy before, right? I think you have. Yeah. This guy's older. Yeah. Was older, it like right? your your friend's yeah. older brother or something? No, like that? no, yeah. no. Yeah. Or is that a different guy? No, no, no. Different guy. Never, different guy. Okay. Different guy. Um. So finally, when we were fi- finally broke up with him, and we were breaking up, he's like, "Well, what? Why?" And I was like, "Cause I can't watch Cliff them all every fucking night." <laughs> what? What? Why? So and he's staring at me. He's like, "That's why." Oh. And I was like, yeah, that's why you are going to be like 8,000 pounds and have to get pulled out of here with a crane in 10 years. Like who even knows what happened to that guy, but I don't know. <laughs> so that's, and then all my girlfriends were like, oh my God, how could you break up with, I don't even remember his name, blah, blah. He's so hot. I'm like, you can ca- go for it. Trust. Go. Go ahead. You can have him. Have fun. Have fun. And we'll be able to literally cite every single word and clip them all after two weeks. Fun. Super fun. That's my story. There you go. That's great. <laughs> uh, let's listen to another live clip and then we'll wrap it up. How does that right. sound? Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. Um, did we listen to Four Horsemen yet? I don't nope. think so. Let's do it. Again, shitty sound, but um, that was right off of the Cliff Mall DVD, actually, that I grabbed. So, um, yeah. Man, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Don't be like that guy, though. Don't watch it like every day and do nothing else. <laughs> in the basement, but you should don't do- let that be your only move with a girl. Don't let yes, it be. Yes, okay. yes. Agreed. Yeah, don't, most don't importantly. Do that. Otherwise, I'll find out and I'll come slap your face. Yeah. But uh, definitely, if you have not seen it, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, see it. Please. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Someone get us out of here. Also 1986, that movie, by the way. So, yeah. Uh, Thanks for sticking around, listeners. We hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as we did. They're still here. Are you saying they left after the second Dolly Parton playing or the first one, maybe? Are you kidding me? They were totally. I I want you to tell me on Instagram. Listen, 
find me on Instagram. I'm Sailor Retro and tell me you were jamming to Dolly Parton. That is bullshit, Matt. Nobody left. Tell me. I'm kidding. Kidding. I know they all stayed for both. Okay. You're better. Yeah. Uh, so follow us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey and on Twitter at Metal underscore Whiskey. Uh, follow and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Hopefully you're watching us right now. Metal Rock Whiskey. If you watch, make sure to hit that thumbs up on the video and turn on that bell below us here somewhere uh, to get notified every time we upload new content, new videos to the channel. Of course, you can find us all individually on Instagram. You can find me at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Ed. Sailor. I just said I'm Sailor Retro on Instagram. That's why I threw it to you, man. <laughs> All right. Fine. You have to do it every time. We mix it up a little bit. All <laughs> yeah. right. So, and you can always find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek, just like it says right there. Boom. Okay. And hey, listeners, if you love us or even just like us, we'll take that too. Please hit that subscribe button. Give us a review. It really does matter to us. And of course, tune in in a couple of weeks for another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. And you know what else? Fuck that ice earth guy. Yeah. Later, everyone. <laughs>